brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that supports life and family. 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite charity. Mention offer code TRADITION for a special Christmas offer. Learn more at CharityMobile.com. The Archbishop Emeritus of Philadelphia, Charles Chaput, who was unceremoniously canned by Francis in 2020, for reaching the age of retirement and has been denied had been denied being a cardinal for years under Francis, though being eminently qualified for such. He has been a vocal opponent of Francis for some time, but doing so in probably the most charitable way imaginable, far more so than many of you or frankly I would be, but maybe he's much more saintly than any of us are. I don't know, but he is uh, not usually counted among traditional Catholic bishops, to be frank about it. He has issued a new statement from... Uh, which was published in First Things just before Christmas. I have it here fully for you in full. It's a remarkable statement from him. It's a sort of a correction of Francis and Fernandez and what the consequences are of when they issue these chaotic statements. It's worth noting here in the statement that he chastises them for releasing such a statement at Christmas. Well, think about that. They issued the statement just before Christmas at a time that he says should be a season of joy in the church. Here we are in the season of Christmas, the liturgical season of Christmas, as we approach Epiphany, which is several days away still, but it should be a season of joy. We should be having a good time with our family, reflecting on the remarkable miracle and gift to humankind of the incarnation of our Lord, his earthly ministry and the sacrifice he makes for us on the cross. We should be reflecting on those things. But instead, we were given a pastoral document, quote-unquote, that that acknowledges on paper the traditional teachings of holy matrimony and everything else about that, while then tossing all that out the window by, in practice, endorsing things the church can never endorse in general anyway. A direct contradiction of things John Paul II said in the early 2000s, and a direct contradiction of just a common-sense reading of the church's timeless teachings on such matters going back millennia. This piece is entitled by uh, Archbishop Emeritus uh, Charles Chaput of, you know, the, the cost of making a mess. And here it is in full for you. The Cost of Making a Mess by Archbishop Charles J. Chaput. One of the standards the church uses to measure the quality of her leaders is a simple line from Scripture. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. See 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. So it was for Paul. So it is now. So it is for local pastors and bishops, including the Bishop of Rome. Confusion among the faithful can often be a matter of innocent individuals who hear but fail to understand the word. Confused teaching, however, is another matter. It's never excusable. The transmission of Christian truth requires prudence and patience because humans are not machines. But it also demands clarity and consistency. Deliberate or persistent ambiguity Anything that fuels misunderstanding or seems to leave an opening for objectively sinful behavior is not of God, and it inevitably results in damage to individual souls and to our common church life. I mention this for a reason. A Protestant friend of mine, a Reformation scholar, sent a text to his Catholic friends on December 18th with the news that, quote, Francis has unleashed chaos in your communion. He was referring to the text Fiducia Supplicans on the pastoral meaning of blessings. Rome's dicastery for the doctrine of the, of the faith, led by Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, a close colleague of Pope Francis, 
had just released it that day. The document is a double-minded exercise in simultaneously under affirming and undercutting Catholic teaching on the nature of blessings and their applications to, quote, irregular relationships, and it was quickly interpreted as a significant change in church practice. Father James Martin, a longtime advocate for James Martin concerns, was promptly photographed blessing a James Martin pairing in a New York Times article that noted, quote, Father Martin had waited for years for the privilege of saying such a prayer, however simple out in the open. It was really nice, he said on Tuesday, to be able to do that publicly. The Pope's decision was greeted as a landmark victory by advocates for James Martin Catholics, who describe it as a significant gesture of openness and pastoral care, and a reminder that an institution whose age is measured in millenniums can change. The Times article went on to acknowledge that, quote, the decision does not overturn the Church's doctrine regarding the, the natural ordering of holy matrimony, nor does it, quote, allow priests to perform double S marriages. But the dominant flavor and underlying purposes of the article were captured best by various James Martin men interviewed who spoke of the church, quote, coming around to the legitimacy of double S relationships and double S couples, quote, claiming our space. Where to begin? First, a key role of the Pope is to unify the church, not divide her, especially on matters of faith and morals. He has a similar duty to, mag to unify the bishops and not divide them. Second, an essential task of a loving pastor is to correct as well as a company. Blessings should encourage that, but also when necessary, challenge. People in double S and other non-marital uh, unions of the flesh need a challenging accompaniment from the church. Popes, bishops, priests, and deacons are called by their vocations to be prophets as well as pastors. Pope Francis often seems to separate these roles while Jesus himself always embodied both in, the in his ministry. His words to the woman caught in adultery were not simply, your sins are forgiven, but also, go and sin no more. Third, relationships the church has always seen as sinful are now often described as, quote, irregular. This neuters the reality of morally defective behavior and leads to confusion about what we can and can't call sin. Finally, while the document does not in fact change church teaching on holy matrimony, it does seem to change church teaching on the sinfulness of certain kinds of activities of the flesh. Holy matrimony isn't the point of fiducia supplicans. Its point is the moral nature of double S unions, and this is a crucial distinction. Bishops in this country and abroad have issued statements reiterating Catholic teaching on matters of the matters of the flesh and of double S relationships. Nigeria's bishops noted that there was, quote, no possibility in the church of blessing such unions and activities because they would, quote, go against God's law and the teachings of the church. And some insightful critiques of the Vatican document, along with some quite caustic ones, for example, links posted, have already appeared. Others are in the pipeline. But all such comments seek to mitigate damage already done. Whether the hearer is delighted or angered by the latest Vatican text, the practical fallout is a wave of confusion in the bloodstream of the church at Christmas, a season meant for joy, but now tangled up with frustration, doubt, and conflict. In response to pushback against the document, Pope Francis told Vatican staff, as reported by PBS, that it was, quote, important to keep advancing and growing in their understanding of the truth. Fearfully sticking to rules may give the appearance of avoiding problems, but only ends up hurting the service the Vatican Curious called to give the church, he said. Let us remain vigilant against rigid ideological positions that often, under the guise of good intentions, separate us from reality and prevent us from moving forward, the Pope said. We are called instead to set out and to journey, like the Magi, following the light that always desires to lead us on, at times along unexplored paths and new roads. Complaints about 
rigid ideological positions, are now the Holy See's default position to any reasoned reservations about or honest criticism of its actions. Every pope has personal likes, dislikes, and aggravations. That's the nature of human clay. As I've said elsewhere and often, Pope Francis has important pastoral strengths that need our prayerful support, but his public complaining diminishes the dignity of the Petrine office and the man who inhabits it. It also disregards the collegial respect due brother bishops who question the Vatican's current course. And again, it is not of God. Characterizing fidelity to Catholic belief and practice as, quote, fearfully sticking to rules, the words belong to PBS, but the intent is clearly the Pope's, is irresponsible and false. The faithful deserve better than such treatment. It's also worth noting that heading down, quote, unexplored paths and new roads can easily lead into the desert rather than Bethlehem. Over the past decade, ambiguity on certain matters of Catholic doctrine and practice has become a matter for the current pontificate. The Pope's criticism of American Catholics has too often been unjust and uninformed. Much of the German church is effectively in schism, yet Rome first unwisely tolerated Germany's, quote, synodal path, and then reacted too slowly to preclude the negative results. At a time when fatherhood and male Christian spiritual leadership are in crisis, the Holy Father has asked his International Theological Commission to work on, quote, demasculinizing the church. The most urgent challenge that Christians face in today's world is anthropological who and what a human being is, whether we have some higher purpose that warrants our special dignity as a species, whether we're anything more than unusually smart animals who can invent and reinvent ourselves. And yet our focus for 2024 is ascended on synodality. Saying these things, of course, will invite claims of disloyalty. But we, but the real disloyalty is not speaking the truth with love. And that word love is not some free-floating balloon of goodwill. It's an empty shell without the truth to fill it. In Brazil in 2013, the Holy Father encouraged young people to, quote, make a mess. That's come to pass in, in ways surely unintended by the Pope. But in the end, pastoral leaders are accountable for their words and their actions. Because as St. Paul said so long ago, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. What do you think? Is that really a good example of the cost of making a mess? He is, um, again, speaking much more charitably than any of us probably would at this point. But it is in his nature, from everything I've ever gathered by people who've met him, that he is generally a very peaceful man, and you can read a lot into what he said here. Now, that having been said, of course, his uh, the strident defenders of Francis, some commentators that I've seen oddly hoping that Fernandez becomes the next pope for some reason. Terrifying thought, honestly. But for them, this will, of course, be seen as just another betrayal of Francis, because we are all supposed to fall in line with the man the world sees as Pope and not question anything, including, apparently, we're expected to turn off our ability to reason, our, our God-given faculties of reason, and to ignore the screaming of the census fidelium that tells us there's something seriously wrong with these documents. It's not the first such chaotic document issued by Fernandez. Remember, there were others <laughs> issued in his time since September when he took over the dicastery for the destruction of the faith. And unfortunately, this is what we deal with. And it won't be the last thing from him either. There is no chance that this will be the last thing that we get from Fernandez. But let me know in the comments what you think of Archbishop Chaput's statement. If it's enough for you, if it's a, if it's a good additional thing that has been said, because at the core of what he's saying is that the point of the document was not to bless the parody of holy matrimony that we see in the culture now. It wasn't that. It was to change the definition of sin. 
and to remove certain classes of sins as being considered sins at all. Something that not, not a lot of people are saying, and that's why I brought this to you. But let me know what you think of this in the comments, please. And hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps too. Merry Christmas, and as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.